Calling all podcasters, musicians, vloggers, and reporters, and everyone else who wants crystal clear recording that's super portable. The Shure Motive family of microphones makes studio quality audio that's as simple as plug and play. Many of the world's top podcasters rely on Shure, and with a Motive line of iOS and USB microphones, portability is now your friend. Imagine being able to get great audio quickly and easily from your phone, tablet, or computer. Simply visit Shure.com/motive to start getting great audio for your content now. That's shure.com forward slash motiv. Welcome to Define You Radio. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Are you ready to unapologetically build your confidence, achieve goals, and design a life worth living? Learn the life lessons and strategies to define your life, money, and business. Pins and papers ready. Class is now in session. Yes, I just had to hear the whole thing play out. Guys, welcome back. It's I've missed you guys. I've missed doing my live show. And um if you're new to the show, of course, you're just hearing my voice. Before my old heads, my faithful listeners, <laughs> you know we took the month of August off. I enjoyed it and didn't at the same time. I was even listening to my old shows, just trying to get pumped up because I'm like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. So I'm really excited to be back. I hope you guys miss me as much as I missed you. But for the, the new listeners, I have to do this right, guys. So let me get formal with it, okay? Uh, welcome to Define You Radio, classes in session, where you get the tips, strategies, and life lessons from queens who have defined their life. I'm your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin Wallace. Make sure you follow and connect with the show on Blog Talk Radio and Define You Radio's Facebook page for updates and more, because if you are following us on Facebook, you know we took a vacation. Okay, so even though um, you guys probably know what we're talking about, but I am going to tell you, of course, even though October is officially Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I think is the official title of it. This month, we are talking about domestic violence for several reasons. Number one, because domestic violence happens every day. And also, I am blessed to be speaking at an event in New Orleans this month discussing domestic violence and my experience. I do believe on the Define You Radio Facebook page, I posted my live video where I talked a a little bit about that. So a little bit over a month ago, I think around one of our last shows, we welcomed this queen to the show. And you guys know, once they come on, they're like, part of the family, but I still have to be formal for the new listeners. (laughs) So we welcome Miss Evelyn Donaldson to the show. Evelyn is one of the best-selling authors of Transition as a, she's, uh, I can't even talk. See guys, like bear with me. We've been on vacation. Okay. 
She's a wife, <laughs> mother, and educator. She loves to write poetry and hopes to inspire women through her writing. If you guys read her story in transition, you will see that she did just that and continues to do it. I'm very much looking forward to see what she has in her bag of tricks next. So uh, she believes women can (laughs) overcome barriers to fulfill their purpose like she did, like I did, like I'm sure a lot of you guys, um, if you haven't, that's your goal to overcome barriers, adversity, whatever title you want to put on it and get to the good stuff of life. So I had to kind of get the playfulness out the way because it it really is a serious show. I will attempt not to get in my feelings too much, but domestic violence is something very close to my heart. Um, And it's something that happens every day. So with that being said, if you guys joined us last time Evelyn was on, you know, we did touch on her domestic violence experience. With that being said, enough of me. Let's welcome Evelyn to the show. Yay. That's my clapping Hi, sound. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's like, I see, it's like once you've been on once, it's just like we're having, like we're at home just talking and you're here. So, yay. So, Evelyn, why don't you fill in the blanks for the people that don't know you or didn't get a chance to hear you when you were on the show previously? Well, um, you kind of mentioned a lot. I'm a wife, still a newlywed. (laughs) Yay. Wait, didn't y'all have an anniversary? Um, It's coming up. Okay, okay, okay. Yep, November 4th, it'll be a year. Um, I'm a mother of three grown children, 24, 22, and 20. And like I said before, I am a grandma, not a grandma, but a grandma (laughs) of a Mm two-year-old. I'm an educator, and hopefully this will be my last year of teaching, almost 20 years. I am really going for not retiring, but to come out of the classroom next year. I want to be um, still in education, but consulting teachers, how to Mm. be great teachers. Uh, My time is really up in the classroom. Um, (laughs) And I also want to continue writing poetry and um, doing a full story of my story that was in the book transition. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be working on that. And I want to do something with Young women, women, I don't know, I've been praying and asking God to lead me to what I'm supposed to be doing as far as um, mentoring and coaching and inspiring around the issue of domestic violence or even Mm. just helping women to just better themselves and building themselves up and understanding who they're truly, who they truly are and what they're worth. A lot of young women and women don't know that, you know. So going through what I went through, not knowing my words, I want to help other people or other women. It people, just people, period. It's, it's men out there who don't know who they're, you know, what they're truly worth. So just people, but mainly women. Those are my goals. And, and I love that. And I definitely see you doing all of that. And it's much 
needed. Um, I know when I was going through domestic violence, and I'm sure you could relate to, to this part, back then it wasn't, you kind of really kept it hush. Uh, and it was, I think to me back then, like, you know, 10, 15, what more years ago, it was put on the mm-hmm. woman. Like it was something for the woman to be ashamed about. But now it's like people are talking about it more. So the shame has kind of come off of the woman a little bit and more towards mm-hmm. the uh, the man or the the offender, however you want to say it. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it should be talked about more, um, as in the younger ages, because if I don't know if you know or be on Facebook as much, but you see a lot of videos with the the youth and them thinking that it's okay, it's acceptable. So thinking that they're not being taught or no one is talking to them about the issue or even knowing that it is an issue, you know, because they're laughing about it to see another young man put his hands on a young woman like she's a dude, you know, punching her like she's a dude, it it really hurts when I see something like that. And then hearing the people in the background laughing about it because it's, it's a norm for these young people to be out here fighting the way they do or to see a couple and the guy is putting his hands on her the way he does and no one is stopping him or stepping in or just teaching him the value of that's a woman, that's a female. You don't treat her like that. You know, how would you feel if someone put their hands on your mother, your sister, your grandmother, you know, so who's talking to these young guys about things like that? Mm. And, and well, I know I, I have a son and he's 20. And um, at the time I was going through my experience, he was like two or three, give or take. Um, and so, of course, he had an understanding of certain things at an early age, and we've discussed it. And because I wanted him to understand, it wasn't acceptable either either way, even though, of course, he would, a lot of times he would see me in, like, fight mode. You know, I'm... He didn't sit, saw me hit, you know, he, he's seen that. And um, from a, a child's point of view, and that's why, you know, we pro- we need to have these discussions more in the household and just period, because that could give, um, I'm an aggressive woman. I don't know if that's the right term to use or not, but I'm, I'm confident <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, very, very bold and sure of myself and I would have no problem standing up to a a man, right? Mm-hmm. Just because of how I am, and in that in that situation, of course, you know that was a whole different thing. But like even now, you know, you go to the store, or something like that, a man get out of hand, like sometimes people do, and I, you know, I'll get a little extra. Um, and no fear, no fear in me, you know, but you, you just never know because the, the lines have blurred to where mm-hmm. women, 
I don't know if we if if females are getting more testosterone in their system because you do see more <laughs> girls, you know, buck up so to speak to to young men and everything, and you do see more boys to where they feel like you know you stand up, and I think I've heard heard this before. Um, you know, you stand up to me like a man, I'm gonna hit you like a man. So right, and I have a son, and I'm. And Lord, I would probably die three times if I found out he hit a girl. <laughs> However, <laughs> yeah, like three, like three times just because I know how strong he is. But on the other hand, if he said, well, mom, this girl, you know, got in my face and slapped me and did this and this, I'm not going to lie. And I'm going to be 100% honest. I would say, well, you know what? Well, did you slap her or something or why you didn't call mm-hmm. me? You know, it's even with, with the girlfriend he had, I remember, you know, telling her, I know my exact words. I know you um, young girls today. Okay. I'm just telling you guys what I said. Okay. I said, I know you young girls today kind of like, you know, feeling yourselves and all cocky and everything else. I said, but if you ever put your hands on my son, it's going to be a whole different ball game. Mm-hmm. I never had that issue. I just felt like it needed to be said because I do observe both the young women these days and the young men. And so as, as an educator, I would like your perspective on that. And then I want you to tell your experience with domestic violence. Um, so, you know, I see it in the classroom. Um, I've seen it. I work with preschoolers, so, you know, it's hard to, you know, talk about that type of issue with, you know, preschoolers. So I kind of downplay it a little bit, especially when I see the boys doing, you know, the girls the wrong way or whatever. Um, and then it starts with bullying too. So I've seen it in, you know, fourth grade class that I've, you know, taught, second grade class, it really starts, you know, young. It's only so much we can do as educators in the classroom. Um, so I kind of, you know, I talk to parents and I'm like, okay, this is where it starts. You need to talk to your son, you know, about hitting, you know, I don't play that well, if somebody hits you back, I mean, if somebody hits you, hit them back, you know, I don't do those type of things in the classroom. Um, and you shouldn't be teaching your child that at home, you know, unless they, it gets to that <laughs> type of situation, you know, right. because it, it there, there are other ways to solve a problem. You know, we don't result in hitting first because you just never know. But I talk to my parents, you know, this is where it starts. It starts at this age, you know, teaching children don't hit on each other, but mainly the boys. And I, I, I hate to pinpoint just on the boys because girls hit too. But if you start young to teach your, your boy you know, you're a young man that, you know, you treat a girl with respect, you know, you hold the door for them, you pull out their chair, you know, things like that, you know, raise them in a way where they're just appreciating females. It, that's just where it starts. It starts young. So I teach my kids in the classroom, preschoolers, how to, you know, help the, the girls, okay, don't tease the girls or don't push on the girls or, you know, just be nice in general. And then to us, because we're all women in the classroom, it's like, that's how you're going to treat your teacher, you know, bring us flowers, you know, and things like that. So teaching them young, you know, in the classroom. But we can't go to these homes and talk and te- and raise these kids.
kid, we can only do so much in the classroom. And sometimes parents don't want to hear it, but I pull them to the side and I just be real. You know, I don't know what's going on at home. I don't know if, you know, little Billy is seeing things at home, but this is what's going on in the classroom. And if you approach parents like that and you just be real, sometimes they'll tell you the truth. Yeah, you know, me and my husband or my child, father, whatever, they saw us fighting and I tell them, like, they bring that stuff to the classroom. Whatever they see at home, whether you guys know it or not, they tell us things and they show it in their behavior. So, you know, then that's just starting young. I'm, I don't know how my son, because <laughs> I thank God he's 20. <laughs> I was a young parent. I was that parent. Um, if somebody hit you, you better hit them back. I was ready to come to the school if I needed to. <laughs> um, I was that parent, but he was not that kid. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm very very glad for that because I was I was like on ten and ready from the moment I got pregnant. I was like, Lord, you know. Don't let me have to be one of those parents that go to the school and everything else. I was like, I was ready because I knew I was having, Mm -hmm. I was having a son, you know, so that's a whole different thing than having, having a girl. You got to be ready in a different way. Um, Oh yeah. So I just, yeah, he's a, he's a good kid. And if he didn't look like me, I wouldn't know he was mine because he is, he's a way calmer version you know where it's growing up you know yeah my mm-hmm. mom had to come to the school because I was fighting boys and stuff you know um whew. so that that lets you guys know your your kids don't get everything from DNA that's the point of that so uh because exactly. otherwise yeah so Evelyn why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your domestic violence experience <laughs> um, so going back to um what I experienced and then talking about, you know, children, um, first of all, my kids didn't know what was going on at home. Um, I know my oldest son, he probably had an idea like, you know, mommy's sad all the time or something like that. Um, he just had that type of intuition to just know mommy wasn't okay. But as far as what they saw, I really tried to keep that out of their sight. Um, one, because I wanted my boys to, I guess, um, paint this picture of who this person was around them. I didn't want them to see the the ugly part. You know, you have the good, the bad, and the ugly. I didn't want mm-hmm. them to see the, the ugly part. I wanted them to continue to look up to this person, you know, as a, as a male role model, as a father figure, um, I didn't want them to, you know, know that this person was treating mommy the way that he was treating me, you know. So I didn't talk bad about him, I, you know, none of that. It was, you know, I put on the fake smile, you know, everywhere I went, everything that I did, I, you know, put on a fake smile. So I never wanted them to see that part. Even, you know, after he passed, it was still, I didn't, you know, talk bad about him, you know, in that type of way. But um, 
low self-esteem, that's, that's where it starts. You know, low self-esteem. I was I was raised by women. You know, let me let me go back to that. I was raised by women. I had it was ten of them, ten ten girls and two boys that my grandmother had. So you know, my mother being a part of that dominant, you know, don't let a man do this to you, mm-hmm. or you know, and she would always say, you know, somebody you would kill, you know, but it was never being taught, you know. Don't take this from a man because of this, because you're a queen, because you don't deserve. You know, it was just the violence, more violence. Right. You know, if somebody put their hands on you, I'm going to do this. That's just leading to more violence, not teaching right. me, you know, how to be a woman. You know, I had to read books and, you know, go to church and just basically grow into the woman that I am today. Um, and some things you go through for a reason. You know, I, I had to go through that to be the person that I am today. You know, I wouldn't have the story that I have to share with other women if I didn't go through that. But being around dominant women <laughs> who fought gang members, you know, at growing right. up, to tell them something like that would have just caused some more chaos. So I just, I kept it to myself. I dealt with it. Um, we didn't have, we didn't have those type of conversations in the family where people sit down and, you know, talk about personal issues like that and let me help you resolve it. Um, it was more about, I'm going to tell you what to do. This is what you need to do. And sometimes when you're in that type of situation, you don't need anybody telling you what to do. You need right. someone to console you and comfort you and say, I'm here for you, or how can we make things better? You know, how can we help you? You know, you don't need someone saying, girl, you better get out, or girl, you better mm-hmm. throw some hot grits on him, or, right. you know, because you just never know. So when I hear situations like that, I think back. You, those things that you hear on TV about women being killed by their husbands or their, the abuser, it's real. You know, mm-hmm. you hear, oh, this woman was stalked by her husband. She had a, a restraining order. She was killed in the elevator or was following, you know, those things are real. And people just don't understand that, that there's no way out. You, It really isn't, especially if you're being threatened. <laughs> and I'm a type hmm. of person, I take threats seriously. I don't take them lightly. So if you're being threatened, you know, you have to watch your back. So, for instance, I was told several times, I got something, um, a device on your car. So don't think you're going to get away or you're going to leave me. I'm having you followed or I know how many miles it takes for you to get to work. I I reset the, you know, the the thing on your car where I know how long it takes or how many miles it takes for you to get to the grocery store, things like that. And I'm looking at my car like it wasn't at a zero, so he's not lying. You know, those type of things. Um, and just being threatened with a gun or a knife or something like that. And if you tell your family, I'm going to have my family come, you know, and I don't, I don't want that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. My family involved in those type of things because of something that I chose to be in. But I couldn't go to my family for that one reason. And then, like I said, the the women that I was raised around – it wasn't problem solving. It was just, we're going to do this and we're going to do that, or you should do this. So right. 
I didn't go to them, you know, for, for that reason alone. And because it just it was just hard to not pay attention to the threat. You know, I love my children. I love my life. Um, if anybody asked me today, well, why did you stay? You know, I might be like, I don't know. You know, it was I was in it. I was just in that type of situation. It was like I couldn't get out. So when people ask me, or if, if somebody asked me today, I wouldn't even know what to say, but I just, it was no way to just get out like that. It's not easy to get out of a situation like that on top of the manipulation. You know, one minute you're, you're fighting that person, but then the next minute, oh, I love you. I didn't mean it. It was the alcohol. I was upset. You made me do it because mm-hmm. abusers are very good at manipulating you thinking that it's your fault then you have to rethink it like dang I did raise my voice oh man I shouldn't have said that like that or you know anything you start rethinking your behavior and start Mm -hmm. changing what you do how you talk how you walk how you act so that it wouldn't lead to a smack or you know anything like that but when I think back like it wasn't me It, it, it nothing I did would have ever been right anyway because it wasn't me it was that person and you you hit on so so many things and then I'm a I'm a ask you a question but it takes years to undo um the the mental part of it because you do question well maybe if I wouldn't have did this or I know with me you know maybe if if I lose weight maybe if I cook more maybe if I work less like it would it it my self esteem was already fragile or not where it needed to be going in and then into the relationship I really felt like I was a like a mess I was mm-hmm. like you know it's not right but it starts to make sense So it's like, okay, something really is wrong with me because, you know, he was this way when I met him or he was this way. So maybe something's wrong with me because now I'm making him act this way. Right. You know? um, Right. (laughs) So how did your situation end? And well, what's the worst time that you could remember? And how did the situation end? The worst time that I can remember, it was actually two points in my life. Um, one part I told in the book, um, which is why that was just like a little snippet of what happened and what was going on, um, which is when I went to the hospital, I just I just couldn't take it anymore. That was the first time that the worst time happened, Um, me just breaking, not being able to hold on to everything that I was dealing with, Um, getting tired of getting smacked around, nosebleed, just fighting because I had started just fighting back. I just, I didn't have any more energy to fight back. Um, And that's when I just, I just broke. I broke, I let go, and, you know, I tell the story of how I drove myself to the hospital. That was the first time. The second time was um, right before he passed. It was I removed myself out of the bedroom 
um, because I just felt like no husband should be treating their wife the way he was treating me. Like, it was worse than a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. I was spit on. I got cigarettes flicked on me. I mean, just everything, anything that somebody could think of, I dealt with. Um, and then the, with the, along with the alcohol, like, the, the way he was drinking just, it just made the situation worse. You know, when somebody has that much anger and rage in them, you can't mix that with alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, so staying up late at night to three, four o'clock in the morning, listening to the ramp and the rage, um, in the other room, <laughs> like, you know, I'm in the like you can room, hear it coming. Room. Right. Like, Oh, she come, you know, <laughs> Right. I'm I'm in the bed and it's like oh my god, and so I would just be up all night listening to him ramp and rave like I gotta go to work in the morning I don't care and like really and going to work with bags under my eyes because I'm just so sleepy or I was up crying or you know just you know everything I was going to school and working um, taking online classes but still. Um, so just dealing with all of that and, you know, so it went from, okay, I can't, I can't hit her anymore because she's fighting me back. I was picking up stuff like, okay, you're going to hit me. I'm going to hit you with this, you know, putting things under my pillow, you know. So every day it was something, walking on eggshells, fighting over the car. So it ended with, um, of course, it ended with him passing away at that point again where I was letting go I was just I was letting go of life you know being drugged down not sleeping it was like God I can't do this I can't do it no more and I felt myself going into what I went into the last time when I when I went to the hospital and I'm like I can't do this I I can't live like anymore it's either him or me I can't Mm. do it he left me at work one day, took the car, left me at work, and he was like, have a nice life, you know. And it was like, you keep letting me sleep by myself. And I was like, I don't care if you go to the grave by yourself. And that was the last thing I said to him. Mm. And he left and didn't come back home. And I think, I don't know. Did he get in an accident or? Got his sleep. Wait, what did you say? He died in his sleep. He died in his sleep. Yep. Wow. He died in his sleep. So I don't know. I I always think back to my prayers, you know, saying, God, I can't do this no more. But I I can't stay in this marriage. I can't stay in this abuse. I can't fight anymore. I can't pretend. You know, I can't go to work sleepy. It was just like my life was in a, a hurricane because it was just so much going on and just me fighting and just trying to keep everything together. Um, then I'm like, should I call the police? Should I, you know, tell somebody? I was getting to that point of, okay, if I tell somebody, oh, well, and he find out, oh, well, because I, I just can't hold on anymore. It, it was just getting to that point, you know, of, I shouldn't have to be sleeping with a knife under my pillow and I'm married mm-hmm. to this person. So it was getting to that point. So I was, I was beginning again to let go. 
I, I was beginning to let go again of just not knowing what to do anymore, just tired of holding on. And that's when that happened. And it was like, it was either him or me. You know, God was either going to take him or I was going to fall into that depression again. And maybe this time go to the hospital and not come back out because mm-hmm. I was losing it. <laughs> I was losing it again. So, and let me throw this hashtag real talk out there. Um, were you relieved when he died? And I know that's kind of like a, a messed up question, but it's an honest one. After, after I got over the death, um, the shock, like, man, <laughs> and I started the healing process and, you know, going to the group um, and therapy and things like that. Then I started realizing, like, how toxic it was for me, mm-hmm. um, how toxic it was just for my life, period, and what I was holding on to for so long. We were together for 15 years, and I want to say 13 of those years was fighting on and off. You know, we had good times, but more bad times than others, you know, forgiving him you know, the manipulation and just falling into the lies, you know, things like that. But I started looking back like, that was a lie, that was a lie, that was a lie, you know. <laughs> and, like, why were you so dumb leave those type of things? You know, I, I went into that phase, but then realizing, like, no, you wasn't dumb, it wasn't you. But I did go through that, like, how could you not see that? How could you not see the lies? How could you not see that he was manipulating you? How could you saying something that was so dangerous that you put your kid in that type of situation. You know, just I went through so much, but then I, like I said in the beginning, I had to think, like, you had to go through that because you were, you were scared for your life, for your kids, like, because of all the things that he was saying, I'm going to do this to you, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to have you killed, you know, just everything. So I had to realize, and I had to realize that when you are in a situation like that, it's it's not you. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's not you. Um, people don't deserve to be abused mentally, physically, whatever. So I had to realize that. So once I I, I learned all of that and started loving myself again, and you know, getting back into church because I had stopped going to church because of him. I stopped going to church. I sat out of church for years, but once I started like, going to church and loving myself again and loving God and, you know, who he made me to be, I, I was relieved. Like, Lord, thank you for sparing me. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. You know, so, yeah, I, I was able to breathe again and start loving myself again and just start liking me and what I want to do again. The writing, I stopped writing because of him. And I got back into everything that I loved about me. And it, it, I'm sure pretty much consumes your, your life and your whole, your whole being. Um, Cause you said what you were in it like 15 years. So I don't know how old you are and I'm not going to try to do the math, but <laughs> you were what late, I was late teens, I was young. Like, 17, 18, I was like somewhere. 22. Okay. No, I was like 22, 23. 
still young. Okay. Yeah, still young when we met. And, I, you know, it was like, oh, he got one. <laughs> a young girl, don't know a lot. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't a street girl. I was, you know, in the books. I didn't really know a lot about, you know, a lot, you know. So learning from him and him being able to just, you know, show me things and, you know, take me places. He wooed me in, you know, and he had one, you know. So it was like, no, don't, those people don't care about you, you know, don't, you know, don't do that. Don't go out with them people because, you know, the manipulation, the control, Mm. it was a lot of the controlling. Control my thoughts, control my actions. I think one of the, and I meant to print them out, but I will, to discuss them, but I will post them because there's different signs of abuse and um, before the actual hitting. And I think a lot of people need to understand that um, at least with my situation and I'm sure with yours, Evelyn, it doesn't, it didn't go like right into punch in your face or slap you. There was a whole build up (laughs) uh, to Mm -hmm. that. And now looking back, all these years later, like I could, I could see it like little by little, but I understand, (laughs) I always said that I went through that experience because before that, before I went through the experience, any woman I knew that was going through domestic violence um, or whatever else, I would always, I would be the first one to say, you know, you're stupid. What's wrong with you? You let some man hit on you and, you know, why you just can't leave? I had no no sympathy whatsoever for women that were in domestic violence situations mm-hmm. until I ended up in one. And I said, you know, I do believe God, nothing is a coincidence and we go through things mm-hmm. for a reason because I think a lot of people have that... um perception that you know it's you know a weak woman or you know something wrong with her she's stupid or whatever like no sympathy like what I had and then when I went Mm -hmm. through it it's crazy because a lot of people couldn't believe that I went through it because you know you'll fight anything and anybody and how you deal with this and how you deal with that so it was it was kind of like people couldn't believe I was going through it because I've always been so tough you know, um, and for the hardest time, I couldn't believe I was going through it. Like, I refused to look at it like I was a, a victim of domestic violence because we were fighting, like, two men in the street going toe-to-toe. Like, mm-hmm. that was one of my biggest issues. Like, I refused to accept that, okay, at the end of the day, Valencia, you are a domestic violence victim. I would have argued you down. Mm-hmm. No, me and my husband fight sometimes. You know, right. <laughs> and I I may come out with the with the bad end, you know, because I'm the one with the bruises or or the we've exactly. pulled out the tracks on the floor when the <laughs> cops come, you know. But no, I'm, right. There's no domestic violence. We just fight, you mm-hmm. know. Um, which I think that you know people definitely need to change their discussions about it because it's it's not normal. And, and then you, you shouldn't see have movies to, like Tina Turner, you know, with, um, with what right. they went and, through. Like, <laughs> and then everybody's cheering for her when she finally fights back, but that still didn't change the situation. Exactly. exactly. You know, 
um, one of the movies, and it's like so old, but I remember watching this movie as a kid called The Burning Bed um, uh, with Farrah Fawcett. You saw that? It's like I, that movie is like uh-huh. older than my son, I know. Yeah. I remember <laughs> watching this movie as a kid. So I'm watching this man, you know, uh, beat her and beat her, and she couldn't get out. Because if you remember correctly in the movie, he found her wherever she went and you know no it seemed like mm-hmm. everybody blamed her and she blamed herself and then the only way she got out was setting them on on fire I remember that movie like I last saw it yesterday and it's been mm-hmm. some years so even as a as a child those images were ingrained in me and I looked at it like you know what she should have left she should have left and I was all mm-hmm. she should have left and y'all stupid until I got into the into that situation which like I say everything happens for a reason it was definitely so I could say look because I'm, I'm pretty tough I think you know maybe not when I'm all cute and made up with my skirts on on social media but in my everyday life you know I'm pretty tough I lift weights and everything um <laughs> So that to see that and for me to say, yeah, I was in a domestic violence situation helps people get a different perspective of it. And uh, guys, if you have any questions or comments, you can put them on the Facebook page or if you press one on your phone, I will go ahead and get you on the line with me and Miss Evelyn. So I printed out some statistics and it says um, 20 people per minute, 20 people per minute are physically abused. Mm. So that means the show is roughly about 60 minutes and callers. I see you. I'm going to get to you in two seconds. So the show is 60 (laughs) is 60 minutes. So that means while we're on the show for 60 minutes, that is, um, what is that, 1,200 people are, are abused while we're on the show, if my math is correct. Evelyn, you're the educator. Is my math right? Well, we'll give me the number again. Per, it, it's tw- uh, 20 people per minute, and the show is 60 minutes. So is that like 1,200 people? Are being abused while we're on the show. Yeah, twelve hundred. That's that's like yeah. That's, that's too many. That's crazy, and um, wow. So okay, I'm gonna go ahead and take one of the calls. One second. Go ahead, caller. Um, last two numbers seven four. Uh yeah. <clears throat> um, I'm. I'm a victim of domestic violence, and, like, it's hard as a man to actually tell people that, even though I've been out of it for years, um, my question is, like, even though I have been out of the relationship for years, is there, like, any place that I can go for therapy? Because I find myself in situations to where I get nervous, and the first thing I do is I get aggressive and turn to violence. And mm-hmm. I'm not a violent person at all. I'm, I'm not violent at all. But the aggression and the violence just comes. It's like it's, 
naturally there, and it's not. It's a it's a, a number one. I'm I'm sorry to hear that you went through that, and I'm glad you're out of it. And one of the things that I would like to say is that. You know, now the healing process for you begins because you're going to have that reflex. You know, you're not just going to be able to have like a a regular argument with somebody because you're used to the argument turning to fighting. And it's almost like mm-hmm. a um, PTSD, you know, you're, or it's almost like an earthquake and you're still feeling the aftershocks. And I would mm-hmm. suggest... Um, and I will I will get a number and post it, but I do have a website. It's the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. I would start there and contact them and see if they could recommend some resources local to you where you could call even just to talk it out. Because before I went to counseling and everything else, I just needed somebody just to listen, just to tell me I wasn't crazy and it wasn't my fault. Right. And and, and that was the start. So I will get the number um, and post it on Define You Radio's Facebook page and the website, but it is called National Coalition Against Domestic Violence because um, that's where I got my, okay, I have the number right here. And I'll still post it on the website. There are phone number, their main office, the phone number is area code 303. The phone number is 839-1852. And I, like I said, I will also post it on Define You Radio's Facebook page. You could inbox me if you didn't, you know, don't get it or anything. I will definitely assist as much as I can with resources because now this is where the real work begins. So, e- Evelyn, would you like to go ahead and add to that? And I'm going to go ahead and post a number on the Facebook page. Well, I was going to say the same thing about the um, PTSD. Um, not that people are diagnosed with it just mm-hmm. because, you know, you have the symptoms, but it is something to think about. Um and post-traumatic stress disorder is really just um, having flashbacks, having those reactions. Um, you can have PTSD from being in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you carry, because it, it, it chips away at you, you know, even though you think it doesn't, you know, it's just like for me. I will never be the same person, you know, ever because it, it did chip away something. Not saying that I'm a whole Everything that happened, that may think about, you know, what happened. And because I dealt with it for so long, I have so many memories, so many, you know, bad thoughts about what happened that just about anything that has to do with domestic violence, if I see something on TV, if I see it, you know, I I get a little teary eyed. So those symptoms are going to be there regardless. But it's how you deal with them. Do you stay in that moment? So we for hours and hours, or do you, you know, reflect and and let the healing process begin? You know, self reflection is a big part of it. You know, saying to yourself that you know it's not happening anymore. 
you know, not making sure that you're not going to put yourself in that situation anymore, being careful and watchful of, you know, people that come into your life that are manipulating, that, that are controlling. Because, Valencia, you said it. It starts there. It doesn't start with the smack. It doesn't mm-hmm. start with the punch or whatever. It starts mentally. Like, people, they start controlling your every move. They start controlling, you know, what you wear, how you talk, how you walk. And you just have to be watchful of that. But knowing that, you know, you're okay now, you're out of that situation, and just, you know, and seeking professional help, that's most important, and making sure that you talk it out and allowing people to help you heal. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a, I'll add this, and then I'm going to go to the next caller. And don't be ashamed um cuz that will keep you from healing so you need to definitely get with either you know this organization I did post information on Define You Radio's Facebook page to where you could just be 100% honest um I used to have nightmares afterwards I used to uh when I saw someone that just favored him a little bit the same skin tone same hairstyle I would have an anxiety attack I had one in Walmart parking lot I'll never ever forget um I had to pray it off me and I really had to really do some self work and one thing I'm going to tell you do the self work cuz now I I have a a happy healthy relationship that I didn't think I ever was going to have and and Evelyn does too but you you need to definitely do that that self work to protect you cuz you deserve mm-hmm. to have a happy healthy relationship and you deserve to have a great life and so now it's like time to take off the band-aid and let let mm-hmm. it all <laughs> let it all out so you can heal and I hope we helped um you can always reach out to me on Facebook I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did I that help? You, you definitely, yeah, it definitely did. Cause when I tell you, like, it, it started affecting my attendance in church, me going to work, or me just like being around people. Period. Like, it, mm-hmm. it almost got to the point where I started locking myself in the house. Like, I just didn't mm-hmm. want to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I yeah, could. Yeah. It, it helped. It helped a lot. It really did. It helped a lot. Well, yeah. you um, well, thank you so much for for saying that. You are, you're already starting your your healing process, and like I said, I posted the information on the Define You Radio's Facebook page, and yeah. you know, if you if you you could always inbox me on Facebook, That's and nice. I will find more resources where you are um and so that's what i have to say and thank thank you so much and just do the do the work and it'll be worth it at the end thank you so much yes it will <laughs> thank you honey thank you so much you're welcome okay let me get the okay Caller, your number ends with one eight. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to Define Hi. You Radio. 
Hello, how you doing? I just want to tell a young lady, Evelyn, I, of course, I've been knowing her for over 10 years, how proud I am that she told her story. She don't know the blessing that she had, the blessing that she shared her story and how much it helped others. I didn't, I've known her, but I didn't always know her story. And when I found out the story, I I was wow because I didn't know she would be able to go through that because if you know her, she's such a she was so strong and and I didn't know that, you know, she was going through this because when she came to work, she came to work. You know, so she inspired me to to do better at work and in my own life. I can remember her talking to her when she used to when one time she was married and she was talking to me about the relationship and how they talked to three, four, seven o'clock in the morning. I didn't know the conversations they was having. I just knew that I wanted that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, mm-hmm. wow, this is what I want because at the time when I was married, me and my husband didn't communicate at all. So I wanted that and I prayed for that, never knowing the conversations that she was actually having with her group. You right. know, so <laughs> Even though the relationship I was with then was toxic, uh, you know, I still wanted to have a relationship like hers, you know. So right. cause I always seen her like full of life, and she made it. She made a business to do that, be a model for those kids, and then a, be a model for us as well. Well, thank you, Evelyn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm You're supposed to respond to that. <laughs> I know what I didn't know what to say. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm I was I was laughing, but it was more of a chuckle because she's like, she was set tell me, oh, we was up at three four o'clock in the morning. She like, ooh, so what? You know how people like, so what? Y'all right. got that type of relationship, not knowing we wasn't just that talking, it wasn't, we were yeah. arguing and. <laughs> fighting and you know things like that that's why they say be careful when you wish what? that you had what somebody else had because you don't know what yeah. they got you don't know what you don't know the shoes mm-hmm. that they walking in so be careful when you like say oh lord i want what she got be careful because you you, mm-hmm. you don't know what that person got <laughs> just because we are talking at three or four o'clock in the morning it doesn't mean we were having a healthy conversation yes mm-hmm. well you know now but you didn't know before. <laughs> right. So for the, for the listeners, yeah, right. So for the listeners out there, just be careful because you don't know what people are going through. They might be showing you something, and you you telling yourself, "Oh, I want what she got, or I want what he got," and you just mm-hmm. never know what they have at home or what they going home to deal with. So just be careful. You said it a hundred and fifty percent. You're a hundred and fifty percent correct. Cause me and him, we were that couple to go out to to the club and dress somewhat alike and have fun, you know. And a lot of people wish that oh, I, you know, I wish I could go out with my man and have fun and and party and that kind of stuff. And well, like alcohol definitely. Um, is the icing on the already bad cake. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so 
we would have fun at the club, but when we got home from the club, I knew, you know, take them heels off and, and be ready because it's about to be some foolishness. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that being said, caller, thank you. Are you and that's welcome. from Evelyn, too, because I think Evelyn is still speechless a little bit <laughs> on the line. <laughs> I love you, Evelyn. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's that 60 minutes, because um, we have like five minutes left, and it's it's really been a great, powerful show. And, you know, we definitely, and guys, we are talking about domestic violence all month. Um, and I, because I think it's a conversation that we need to have. We need to have with our kids. We need to have with we just we need to discuss it and and talk about it so that i don't know that it will ever stop you know is but people need to know that they're not alone you and need to know to that be aware. right of the, definitely of the signs because mm-hmm. the signs and even and one of the things I do want people to realize, and then, Evelyn, I'm going to make sure everybody has your contact information, but one of the things I want people to be aware of is that just let, there's other, there's so many ingredients in the gumbo that is domestic violence. That's the only way I could say it. Um, or in, 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 in intimate violence, I don't know what the politically correct term is, but emotional abuse. So let's say you're with a man or a woman that never hit you, but they call you stupid, mm-hmm. ugly, fat, mm-hmm. uh, you can't cook, you're, you know, things that make you feel bad that if somebody on the street mm-hmm. said it to you, you know, you would be ready to go toe to toe. Right. That, that, that right. is considered domestic violence. And because those, those in are the home. <laughs> right. That, right. Thank you for Cause I was like, is it still domestic violence if it's that way? Um, but okay, thank you. See, that's why you're the educator and I'm the talk show host. So you classes in session. Um, there's also like financial abuse. Like if if you're mm-hmm. depending on someone for your financial resources and they use it as a means to control you, I've had that yep. happen. No, I won't yep. bring my paycheck home. I'm not going to pay bills. And then I'm like, I didn't sign up for this because I'm supposed to stay home and play that part. But that is a form (laughs) of control and a form of domestic violence. So those are my my don't. A lot of people don't. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Evelyn. What a lot of people don't realize, and it happens so often in our home, is that ignoring your significant other, spouse, partner, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get into an argument and that person might not speak to you for a few days and you're trying to talk to them, but they're like, mute. That's emotional abuse. You know, yeah. me researching on, you know, and learning about what I dealt with, I'm like, oh my God. You know, a lot of people just don't know that. And you mm-hmm. might be, it might be both of you doing it to each other. So you emotionally abusing each other because it's, it's you're ignoring someone so you're it's part of control but again it's you know I don't want to talk to you because I'm mad at you you know 
and it, it might be something that you grew up doing or you just don't know, but it is. You know, if I'm not talking to you, I'm, I'm giving you the, the silent treatment. That's emotional abuse because what does that do to somebody? It makes them feel bad or it, it adds on stress to that person. So a lot of people just don't realize that. Yeah, there's, like I said, there, domestic violence is a, is a gumbo of oh, different yeah. factors in the, in the best way I could say it, if it doesn't make you feel good, it may be abuse. Mm-hmm. I don't, it makes sense to me. And it shouldn't um, be happening, period. Right. Right. Cause we, we all deserve a happy, healthy relationship and you really won't realize that because a lot of times, especially if you didn't see it growing up, you don't even know that those things exist. You know, um, like you, you think it's fake, like things you see on TV where everybody's all happy and in love. I used to think that was fake because even though I didn't, I saw some domestic violence growing up. Um, I didn't see any, any relationship that I wanted. Nobody was had a mm-hmm. happy and healthy relationship <laughs> that I saw. So I just didn't think it existed. So we really mm-hmm. have to start working, doing the emotional work. So Evelyn, mm-hmm. how can the listeners find out more about you, get in touch with you, get the book, transition, and read your story? Why don't you go ahead and drop your info? Well, they can reach out to me by um, logging on to my new website, Yay. Um, inspirationalpsalms.com <laughs> um, so they can, you know, learn about, they can order the book, uh, learn about different things that I'm doing. Um, they can also find me on Inspirational Psalms for you, the number four, you, uh, the letter U, uh, Facebook page, and they can email me, edonaldson35 at gmail or inspirationalpsalms at gmail.com. Okay. I hope you guys got all that. If not, it is on the <laughs> Facebook page, at least the website. And you guys just just click on click on her and get in contact with her. She has a powerful story and I'm definitely looking forward to having her on the show regularly because she you're you're honest and you're transparent and I that's what we as people, kings and queens, that's what we need to heal. We need somebody that's going to tell you the story gloves off, not someone that's going to make it cute and only give you bits and pieces, but know somebody that, mm-hmm. that tells you, I mean, this is, this is what it is. And that's, that's what define you radio is all about. So, guys, I know it's thank you so much for joining us tonight on our first show back. Like I said, we're going to talk about domestic violence all month long. I don't even have a quote for this week, but this show is, is a quote in itself. That's pretty much what I have to say. So pens and papers down. Class is officially over. Make sure you join us next week. Same time, same place. Make sure you check out Define You Live because even the hurricane cannot stop us. Define You Live still will be happening in Houston, Texas, November 11th, 11-11-17. So we're talking about eliminating debt, 
telling your story, growing your home business, how to love your imperfectly perfect self and more. You know, Define You Live is my baby, like Define You Radio. So with that being said, guys, peace and love. And remember, only you can define you. I will see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. Class is in session. Connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pins and papers down. Class is over.